you know, like buy a plant, it's self-care, here you go. But no, that's why I incorporate self-awareness because it's like, you could burn a candle and feel like a woosah moment, but after that, are you just aware that maybe you, you know, you haven't said anything positive about yourself in three days? Like, I think it's deeper than that. And, and yeah, some unfortunately it is commercialized because we have social media and it's like, okay, I, I said an affirmation, now what? Welcome back to I'm the Villain. So today we're talking to Rebecca Alston, who is uh, actually also a podcaster. We love having podcasters on the show. And today we're going to be talking about self-care, which, you know, is a very common word now. And it absolutely was not when I was like, even in high school. So, yeah. Uh, Rebecca, why don't you just, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name is Rebecca, a.k.a. Crown Riri, and I am the host of the Crown Talk podcast. Um, I am in my third season of doing that. Um, It started out with me recognizing people's crowns for just, you know, like accomplishments of just getting through the day or just speaking with um, like people I just want to have conversations with. Um, I am in my season three where I am pushing about self-care and self-awareness. I think that's really important, especially like around this time where um, a lot of us are in quarantine or just by ourselves. And we just have to become self-aware of what is going on with us and see what we can do to make ourselves better. Yeah. And also Mm -hmm. my website, crownwins.com, which I post uh, my podcast. I have a blog post about She Rings, and that's just recognizing women um, and the big moves that they're making. Um, and I also put out self-care awareness and self-care tips on that website as well. So, yeah, <laughs> a lot of self-care over here. <laughs> so why why did you feel strongly about the self-care angle? Like what made you interested in that? Yeah, it was a personal experience um, three years ago. It was a moment where I call it like when everything consistent turns inconsistent. And I was with someone for 10 years and it was like, a, yeah, a long time <laughs> And it was like um, a process of a breakup. It was like an overnight thing. And I woke up one morning and I was like, you know, I'm going to end up being by myself and I have to learn how to love myself. Because when I was in that relationship, I was like 22 or 23. And so, you know, at that age, as it is said, like, you know, you're just learning about everything. And so. Wait, I have a question. It ended at 22 or 23 or it started at 22 or 23 and it ended yes it started when i was 22 and i am 30 i'll be 36 this year so it ended like when i was about 34 yeah mm-hmm. and it was still like a process because even like i knew that it was ending it was just um admitting to myself like okay um <clears throat> in order for me to take care of myself i need to get out of this situation honestly nothing like a breakup to really re- make you reevaluate <laughs> your whole life yeah, it's like, wait a minute, I need to do some things for myself. And yeah, and that's when I started learning more about self-care. And, you know, when you are with someone for 10 years and then you end up like by yourself, it's like, okay, I have to tell myself that I look good today. I have to tell myself that, you know, everything's going to be okay. And so it, it just started from there, really. That's so yeah. wild because like you're just literally like your whole I feel like if you've been together for 10 years, like your whole personality is <laughs> your by that person. Is, like, intertwined with theirs. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it was a very I'm in, even now I'm still 
um, learning from it um, because, you know, life is a teacher. And even now there are certain things like I'm learning that in that situation, I was conditioned to learn certain things and always think like, okay, this is the outcome of the situation with that person. And sometimes you carry that into like another relationship and it's like, okay, this person is different. This isn't the person that I dated 10 years for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think when you're in a long-term relationship like that, for constance, I've been in like, I'm in my third long-term relationship now. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, my first relationship was like four years long. My second one was like two years long. And I've been dating my current partner for, um, three and a half years, almost four, which is is fucked up to say, Isabel, because like what? <laughs> yeah, I know, um, I know. I remember. I feel like I, I literally knew you when you started dating. Yeah, you started her, right. You, you, yeah. you met around the same time, but oh my gosh. Regardless, um, I think that even if you're in a really good relationship, like even if you and this person have a really good bond, it's still really easy to completely forget about like yourself as an individual. You know. Yeah, and that's honestly what I what I did, but I didn't realize that until I stepped out of it. And I was like, oh, these are certain things that I don't even like doing. Like, I don't I don't like doing this. <laughs> and it's like, because you, you're like, oh, sure. Like, do you want coffee in the morning? It's like, okay, sure. And then you think about like, do I really want coffee? Or, you know, stuff like that. The smallest things can seem like such like a big compromise after, you know, three, four, five, ten years. And it's like, oh, maybe that's not what I like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. Did you feel like... Did you do a good job or a bad job or a medium job of, like, maintaining your own hobbies when you were in that long relationship? Or did you have to, like, re-kind of establish that when you... Like, who am I? What do I like doing? Um, One thing that I love to do, I I love doing crafts. So I am, like, a crocheter. So I always had that with me because I've been crocheting since I was 10. Um, I think outside of that, it was kind of, like, me taking care of that partner and like their situation that I focus on them so much that yeah once I kind of like drew myself away from it I was like okay let me do this let me do that and that's what really started me from doing like podcasting and having my voice out there I was like you know I I have a story to tell and why not tell it and yeah maybe this is you don't have to go too into this if you don't want to but like how codependent would you say you were in your relationship I was very as far as like like looking to please that person, I would say very, yeah, because that was like the yeah. only relationship that I knew like for so long, and I was like, like I said, like twenty two, I had just moved out on my own, um, and I met this guy, and I, I honestly at the time being in my twenties, I believed in unicorns, like you can tell me anything, I was like, oh okay, sure, <laughs> I love you too, like this is wonderful, like oh my god, we're just gonna you know have that that promise and. Yeah, I, I believe in, in the promise a lot and I depended on him. But then I realized that most of the stuff that I that I was doing for us was me mainly doing everything. So, yeah, it, it was a, a moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So what did the process of you like rediscovering how to take care of yourself look like? Um, it was basically like stripping everything down and getting to know who me, who I am and what I like and what I want. Um it was the process of just waking up, like I said, in the morning and just saying, okay, if I put on this dress and do my hair and nobody gives me a compliment, that's fine. I know that I look good today. And that's very important because, you know, we always look for that, that one that we love to give us those compliments. But when they're not there anymore, it's like starting all over again. So, yeah, that was one of them. Um, getting used to just being by myself and just saying, okay, you know, when I go home, 
I'm going to cook dinner for one. (laughs) (laughs) Which like, which, you know, some people might be like a small thing, but it's like, how do you cook spaghetti for one person and not like be like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I am still so bad at cooking singular portions of things. Like I cooked like 18 portions of something at one time. I'm I'm still like really bad at it. But yeah, I think I like a moment. Uh, I was like cooking lasagna and I was like eating it and I was like, oh my God, I cook lasagna and it's like 800 squares left and it's like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And like, I had like a, not a breakdown. I was just like, oh my God, I'm home by myself and I could take this for lunch, but then what's going to happen like on Wednesday and all this stuff. So yeah, it's just taking that moment just to realize like, okay, I'm, I'm doing this technically by myself because no one's really going to understand like... You know, sometimes when you tell people like what you're going through, they ask more questions than have like answers. And it's like you get exhausting trying to explain to somebody, okay, well, we broke up and this is what happened. And it's like, well, how come this didn't happen? That didn't happen. It's like, okay, (laughs) I just wanted to vent or, you know, have that moment. So, yeah, it's it's a process. Yeah. In my time before I lived in D.C., I lived in New Orleans for six months just because I was part of a fellowship. And... I went from, like, having, I went from being in college and having, like, you know, tons of friends and they're always around all the time to, like, having, like, one friend and that friend lived with me. And then from there, like, having to discover, like, having, I was discovering how to be alone and how to, like, try and make myself happy. Um, And I, I came to the conclusion that, like, okay... There are things that I can do that will give me comfort, but I really should just stop trying to compare my life now to, like, the life that I had when I was in a relationship because, like, they're just two different things. Yeah, I I agree. I sometimes, like, I think I read a post and it was, like, saying, like, it's okay to miss somebody, but that doesn't mean that you want them back in your life. And then it's, like, really important to just, like, focus on saying, okay, well, this is, you know, this is how I used to be, but now this is a new normal for me. And I think I that's definitely like a reminder that you have to remind yourself like, okay, this is my situation right now. Yeah. I'm curious your thoughts about this is okay. I when I hear self-care, I I actually don't love the fact that it has become so popular because in my mind, it feels really indicative of consumerism. I feel like a lot of brands have co-opted the Oh, like self-care, buy yourself a candle, buy yourself like, a, you know, right? And and I feel like that it feels in a, in a very insidious way. And, I, and I'm curious as to your thoughts around, you know, that whole phenomenon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, actually, I agree with you to a sense because you are right. People just be like, oh, self-care is burning a candle or, or soaking in the tub. And honestly, I think it's more than that. I think when people do that, they look at it like as a commercial wise of saying like buy this candle and self-care right yeah um you know like buy a plant and self-care here you go but no that's why i incorporate self-awareness because it's like you can burn a candle and feel like a woosah moment but after that are you just aware that maybe you you know you haven't said anything positive about yourself in three days like i think it's deeper than that and and yeah, some unfortunately it is commercialized because we have social media and it's like, okay, I, I said an affirmation, now what? And it's, it's, it's deeper than that. And I wish, honestly, that they would push that more saying, okay, after you burn this candle and have like a Rusa moment, you know, take a journal, write down your thoughts after that and do it that way. So yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> it is like, you can, look on, you can look on Pinterest 
And it's like, you can put self-care and like 10,000 pins come up and it's like, you know, not everyone will, will work for you, but you have to look in yourself and have that self-awareness moment of saying, okay, I feel like crap today. Um, I might be depressed. What can I do with that? So yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. How much How much do you feel like it, in terms of what you think of as doing self-care for yourself? Is it like, you know, the more kind of materialistic stuff, like burning candles or whatever versus psychological? Like you were mentioning like this self-talk that you do or like, you know, validating yourself and stuff like that. Like, is it, I mean, it sounds like that maybe is all of what you're talking about, but is that true? Yeah, I would say to me, whatever works for for you, to me, that works for me. Like I can burn, like I said, I can burn a candle and walk around the house. But I t- honestly, to me, that's not going to do anything with my emotions about how I feel when I wake up in the morning. Or like for me, for example, doing like this whole Rona situation, I've always loved to go into work. I know, which is crazy. <laughs> but like that was like my, <laughs> my, my outside, especially with me dealing with being home alone all the time with my breakup. So I was like, okay, at least I can go, you know, to work and have conversations with people and, you know, clock out and then go about my business. But when we migrated to moving home, that like really freaked me out because it was like, oh, I'm going to be home all day by myself. Like that's scary to me. So, you know, I can sit at home and say, oh my God, I don't like this or whatever at the time, which I'm thankful for. But it's like, I can burn a candle and be like, oh, that smells good, but I might be a little depressed today. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, yeah, me personally, and even with that, because I have a counselor and I spoke to my counselor and I was like, you know, this working at home thing is like, it kind of, it's depressing to me. And she was like, oh, well, you know, I started working at home in April, I think. And I told her that like in October and she was like, yeah, it's about that time. Because if you think about it, you're home by yourself all day. And if you are quarantining, which I was, it's like, how, how do you know the difference between you quarantining and you falling down like into a depression? And, you know, to me, a candle is not going to tell you you're depressed. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I look at it more in the deeper sense of just trying to do things to make yourself feel better. Because if you don't take care of yourself then it's like, who's going to take care of you, you know, in that sense. So, yeah, like for that situation, I had to push myself to wake up in the morning and say, regardless if I'm going anywhere or not, I'm going to get dressed like I'm going into work. I'm going to beat my face and I'm going to restart my day and say, okay, I'm clocking into work, work hours. We're here. And it actually felt good to do. Yeah. 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 Cause I, I, I had that... to like look for my, my house clothes when I got off. I was like, Oh, I actually get to change clothes. Like that was my excitement. <laughs> that was my excitement. <laughs> Yeah, I think tied into going into work for me, there was a lot of stuff that I actually really valued, even if I didn't like going to work. I mean, I I felt pretty ambivalent about going to work, but like, you know, tied into that process was um, like an hour, at least an hour a day of time that I got to listen to music or listen to podcasts, right? Like I I biked to work, so it was like an hour a day of literal cardio exercise that I just all of a sudden didn't have, or it wasn't, it was no longer built into my day. And all of those things, plus just like the the time to just kind of be in my head, really did a lot for my mental health in a way that I definitely took for granted pre-pandemic, you know? And all of that kind of stuff, like learning how to 
make space to recreate those things that you don't have anymore, I think is all kind of like wrapped up into what self-care at least should is or like should be yeah know? i agree like i said um i i was able to actually be in office and listen to music like for eight hours and listen to podcasts for eight hours and honestly that was me being at work and having like my notebook beside me and writing down like creative things to podcast about and creative things to put on my website that was like self-care to me so yeah once i got home and i was like so what am i supposed to be doing again like why would i listen to music with my headphones on i'm at home but yeah i think like i said um, the warming of the candles, which is wonderful, and you know, um, petting a llama. I don't know, but um, <laughs> stuff like that. Like I'm not, I'm not, you know, like saying it's horrible to do, but I, I really honestly think that, like you said, self care has become kind of like a cliche to push out there, but it's you have to get deeper. Into yeah. It. Honestly, I'm really curious what both of you guys think about this because obviously it's not a new concept, right? People have been doing this for literal millennia right and it's just like why now why is this become such a you know thing that is in the culture and that people are talking about when it wasn't say like i don't know 10 years ago yeah and i agree because i am an introvert and growing up it was just saying oh well she's just shy and that was it and it was like oh she don't like speaking in front of people but it took me Speaking when the counselor say, oh, no, you're just an introvert and that's just the way you are and that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I think with people just staying home with the pandemic and commercially, it's like, what else can we push out there? You know, it's really like self-care has just been like the main thing to say, OK, take care of yourself. But it's like, but how? Like, what 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 do you want us to do? So, yeah, I think it's because of the pandemic right now and what's going on. Yeah. I think even before that, it was, yeah, I think we were just, like, reaching a critical mass of, like, of a lot of external factors pushing a lot of people to feel not okay at one time. And I think that, like, you know, social media obviously has a lot to do with that. But, like, like you know, like, just, like, always reading stuff about other people. But, and maybe, you know, maybe, like, in the last 10 years, more of that kind of stuff has been you know, in mass affecting the psyches of a lot of people. And then pandemic just like, right, just like pushes everyone over the edge. <laughs> like pandemic, it was like, oh, everyone's having a really bad time unless you're like Jeff Bezos and making more money. <laughs> and yeah, um, and, and and I think that, you know, going off of what your point was, Isabel, like anytime, in, anytime any sort of need opens up, in that in that realm the market's gonna jump on it right so like that's you know that's when we start seeing like this aggressive commodification of self-care in fact like i have started doing peloton workouts because they have a two-month free trial this year and they have you know they do like more than just the bike shit they do like curated workouts too or whatever and they're having a year of yes campaign with shonda rhimes and the the whole tagline is like carving out space to work out every day is self-care and is activism and while like you know i think the message in itself like there's nothing wrong with it and it's probably true like a lot of people do view exercise as exercising as self-care it is like literally like you know keep buying peloton so we can so we can so you can self-care yourself better, right? Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's amazing because Shonda Rhimes is a, like, a executive producer of a TV show. And it's like, you don't see yeah. her, like, an athlete working out. 
but some yeah. way they, they connected her to Peloton and it's like how do you do that <laughs> yeah she had apparently she has a, a book or a memoir called Year of Yes or something like that and she, uh, yeah and so she you know she got that Peloton bag and I'm happy for her and and like I said I'm happy to have curated a curated set of workouts I think that's legitimately a good service um but at the end of the day, right? They are selling us self-care. <laughs> yeah, I just I think I downloaded the app called Pep Talk and it's like just affirmations that go throughout the day. And I thought I actually downloaded it today and I thought it was free and I have seven days. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, I have to pay. I think it was like, was it $49 a year or $5 a month or something like that? And I was like, oh, we'll just see what happened in seven days. <laughs> I, I pay for like every streaming possible and I'm like, I have to stop somewhere because that's my self-care is to make sure that I'm not overloading myself with social media and streaming services as well. So yeah, they will <laughs> make a dollar off of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In my opinion, I f- like my take is that I, I really feel like, and this kind of actually really goes in in with the, theme of our whole show, right? Which is that I really feel like our generation has is starting to come to grips with the fact that we are living in this fundamentally unsustainable situation, right? We've seen <laughs> Yeah, we've seen that article about millennial burnout that was super viral. Have you seen, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I believe yeah. I saw that. Mhm. Yeah, and it's just like and so many people, thousands of people were we're commenting and, you know, sending emails to the author of the article being like, yeah, I really, really don't know how to deal with just basic parts of life anymore. Right. I feel like everything burns me out. Everything just having to respond to emails and texts and just paying taxes and just basic, you know, like <laughs> taking care of myself feels so <laughs> difficult. Right. Because I feel like we're in this you know, I always go back to capitalism in this late stage capitalism, like, (laughs) you know, part of life where we're constantly being exploited. And to me, it really feels like the self-care movement, you know, and exactly, I feel like Peloton is a perfect example, DeAndre, right? Because who owns Peloton, right? Especially because it, it, it preys on these activist people, right? And specifically like women, women of color, right? To be like, oh, you know, like you've been working so hard getting out the vote, doing all of the, you know, like the actual shit that, you know, women of color are doing. Yeah. Right. And it feels a little twisted to me to then be like, oh, you know, you people, you Peloton people who are paying like, you know, $1,500 for this, like, you know, luxury bike, you're doing activism. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Right. And it's like, what? Like, I don't know. I feel like in a certain, you know, in that context, it really feels like it's perversifying, like you're doing this thing. And, and I feel like it actually gives people this excuse to not engage, to be like, you know, oh, well, I'm going to do self-care. I'm not going to, you know, engage with yeah think about bad shit that's (laughs) happening in the world and i'm not i'm gonna turn the news off and this is all in the name of self-care right and i feel like it gives people this excuse to just like not really feel like they have to be doing things that are actually gonna help other people because you know what i mean (laughs) yeah because it's just like they're preying on this like obviously there's this ambient desire in the culture right to like you know be doing but like i feel like at it's for, for so many people, 
actually what I want you to be doing is like doing stuff for other people that's like not self-care, right? Don't be doing, I mean, if it's, I mean, to what degree does self-care overlap with selfishness and having that selfishness that you already felt then be justified because you put this label on it that then, you know, is okay. Suddenly, if you call it self-care, it's like fine, right? To just, you know, kind of sit at home watching TV, doing your Peloton workouts, whereas like we're in a middle of a global crisis where actually a lot of people are hurting right now and need a lot of help, right? And so I, I just, you know, I wonder if there is maybe an evil side also to this like kind of self care. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I understand, and I, and to that, I would say to me, like personally, I feel like once a person is exhausted, you don't want their services. So it's kind of like if someone is saying, "Okay, um, I can't do this today. I'm doing self care." Sometimes it's best to say okay to that than to get like lazy help. <laughs> Or just to get help where it's like it's not it's like they're they're not it's that it's not their intentions on actually helping. Um, but I understand what you're saying because there have been times where I watched the news and just got drained, and I'm like, okay, I'm not watching the news at all because honestly, I didn't even know anything about what happened to the Capitol until like someone put it on social media, and I was like, oh my god, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. But after that, yeah. I was like, I shouldn't have to like explain to people what's going on or why we feel like this isn't, you know, um, why this is white privilege because people should already know that already. So it's kind of like on my end as a a woman of color and always speaking about, you know, what's right and what's wrong. I feel like sometimes like when you just exhaust yourself so much that it's like, I'm not doing this today. I'm screaming or whatever. It's just like, okay, well maybe she needs to go in the house. So yeah, I think there should be like a balance. <laughs> I think there should be like a balance to it. But yeah, I understand what you're saying as far as some people just saying selfishly, "Oh, we're not, we're not doing that today at all. I, I'm just going to stay in the house because you know there is like a selfish moment there." But honestly, it's like it's up to them whether or not they feel like they have that selfish moment because like we can't, well, we try not to like judge people with their actions. If that makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think just like you said, Rebecca, it's like yeah, it's all a balance and. Someone, exactly like you said, like someone that's like not having a good time in their head off, often can't provide good service. But I also see what you're saying as well, because it's like, all right, how much self-care you need, fam? <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, it's like <laughs> you can't, you know, are we on the fifth day? Yeah. Are we on the are we on the fifth day of? self-care are we on the 14th day you know like what it is <laughs> and but yeah, i think i think that's hard. what um, peloton and you know other services are doing where it's like okay you know like don't don't take the whole day of self-care but take these 15 minutes of self-care and take like a deep breath and then you know go back to work or do that so i think there is like a balance to it me personally i know that like there's things that have to be done out there so i'm always willing to put myself out there i have what is called self-cation days where I stay to myself <laughs> for like a day just to rejuvenate and pick myself back up. But yeah, I understand definitely what you're saying. But yeah, I think sometimes when people's intentions are not there, then you yeah. probably don't want their help anyway. Right, right. Because I think there is this question of who is self-care for, right? Because if you're like, if the 
if the premise is like, oh, yeah, you're out here. You've been doing good work this whole time. I mean, because especially in the activist community, I feel like there is a ton of burnout from people who are actually doing a lot of good work for for each other. But it also pains me to see big executives co-opt that and be like, you're doing activism, too, by, you know, by buying Peloton, you know, <laughs> like, and it's like. That's just perpetuating like existing inequalities of money flowing into the pockets of these very rich white, you know, male CEOs, right? Yeah, (laughs) and it's like, and it's like very convenient that like the two month free trial is happening during the pandemic. Yeah, when they when they put Beyonce on there, I was like, oh yeah, it's it's already sold. Like I would really hear Beyonce say, "Go girl, you got this," and like to hear like just her music, like. I need her yeah. to tell me something, but yeah, even when they did that, and I knew that was coming because like the the commercial had like a Jay Z song, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm sure Beyonce is not far Dude. away from that. <laughs> I did a workout today. It was a Post Malone bodyweight workout, and the entire workout was just like the, the the only songs that played were Post Malone songs. And this guy, like the instructor, who I've I've done some of his other classes, and they're all typically really good. He literally spent the whole class, like, when he wasn't describing workouts, he was, like, talking about how amazing Post Malone was. (laughs) And he was like, he's like, man, he blends genres. He's not just rock. He's not just rap. He does, you know, he does stuff for his community. He donated all this money. And I'm like, I, I honestly can't tell if this guy just really likes Post Malone as a human. Or and is like, he like Loki getting paid by Post Malone? Oh yeah, or, is, or did Post Malone pay them to like put his music in Peloton? Yeah. Yeah. And then on top of that, it's like, I, I'm 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 listening for you to tell me what next step to do as I work out and not talk about Post Malone. <laughs> <laughs> That's also this like- bizarre like world we live in where it's like, you know, you start following someone just very innocently on Instagram and you're like oh like what a cute like you know 17 year old dancer she's so good at dance and then suddenly she's like trying to sell you something she got sponsored (laughs) yeah and it's like good for her on the one hand like you know monetizing her following but at the same time you're like oh you know you follow these people for their authenticity and their whatever and then you know you just that being Everything. said, if, if any if any brand is listening and wants to sponsor our show, please yeah. let us know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, um, I watched a documentary on HBO Max, and it was called Fake Famous, and it was, like, really just an eye-opener. Really? What, like, what was it? Yeah, tell us about it. Yes. Um, not to give anything away, but <laughs> it's really good. But what they were doing was they found, like, three people with, like, little followers or, like, very low numbers and followers, and they, like, put them in a the room, and they're like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make you famous. And it was like they were like buying followers for them, buying likes for them. And then it was like, like this lady was like, um, they had like like a kiddie pool full of rose petals, and she was laying down in it, mind just like in the backyard of somebody's house. And she had like took a picture. She was like spa day, and then she put like she was like in Europe or something, because you know your Instagram, you can put any location that you're in. And it was just like amazing <laughs> how people can like fake everything. And, you know, on our end, it's like, oh, my God, look how many followers they have. I wish I can do that. And which half the time they're like in like a, a rented mansion taking like, I don't know, 300 pictures. And it's just like post like a different one a day. It became like hard work for them to like to keep up the followers because some people were like, OK, how did you have that many followers like overnight? Because like the numbers like slowly like climb up. But it was still, like, one guy was like, I don't want to do this anymore. This is, like, really stupid. I don't know, like, if people really liking my stuff or what's going on. So, yeah, it was really good. 
but it like it just really opened up my eyes because you know I don't know about you guys, but my Instagram followers are pretty good. But it's like it just reminded me like to, to continue to do what I do because I love it, not because like I'm trying to like grab everybody's attention because that would never happen. So yeah, it was it was really good. I was like, oh my god, I can't. I was just like fake. Like it was amazing how much like <sighs> fake stuff there are. Like it was like yeah, guy, they were like, oh, I'm on a private jet. And what they did was like put like a background on like some clouds, and it took like a a toilet seat cover. And they like they like put it like behind him like a window, <laughs> <laughs> and like he took a picture. He was like, "Yeah, I'm on this private jet," and it was like he was like in someone's living room with like a backdrop. And I was like, "Yeah, ah, who would know?" That was incredibly fun, though. Yeah, I, yeah, like it was like one lady was like, "I don't mind this at all." Like she was getting like sponsors, and she was like an actress in Los Angeles, but of course. At the time, she wasn't, like, getting any callbacks. But, like, as her numbers kept going up, she was, like, getting, like, free stuff, getting sponsors, getting on movies and stuff. But then, like, when the pandemic happened, like, everything fell through. And she was like, you know, I feel kind of weird, you know, trying to sell people stuff when people are dying from the coronavirus. And it's like, <laughs> like, yeah, like, you don't think of it like that. And she was like, you know, like, after, like, I think, like, six months they were doing it. But, like, when the pandemic hit, it kind of hit her. And she was like, oh, well, you know, I don't feel right doing this anymore. And I was like, this is, like, so weird. Like, we don't think of it this way. Like, I never knew, like, all that happened where, you know, we hit a like button, but we don't really know what that person is really, like, going through or what they're doing. And half the time, it could be fake stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's real. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> it's, like, a really good documentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should try doing that. <laughs> Yeah, we should try getting, getting fake like, famous. I know. That, I mean, it sounds literally so fun. There was a, the classic example that I love is this comedian in Philly, Mackie Leeper, who did a very similar thing, except that he was pretending to be this. He was making fun of those wellness brands. Like, you know, what is that thing that Gwyneth Paltrow made that has the Yoni oh, eggs? Goop. Yeah. And he was like trying to do a spinoff of, of Goop where he... It was like, can I, you know, make this company in like 24 hours or something with under like whatever, some number of dollars. And he the idea that he came up with was Vave, which are these used tissues. Right. And he's like, oh, like, can I get people to believe that this is a real thing? And so he just like, you know, had all of these really professional like photos taken of people with like a tissue in their nose and like sent a little obviously like he just crumpled up some tissues and like didn't actually like blow people's nose in it but he would send them to all of these different media companies and he called the company vave he just like looked up the danish word for tissue and it was like so sleek you can look up the website it's still up today and he and he sent them to like new york times time like all kinds and the one company that actually published like a little he sent them like a little media kit and the one company that published an article about it was Time. And then once Time published it, all these other media companies started calling him, asking for interviews and stuff like that. And so he has all these fake interviews on like Fox News, on like all kinds of different, you know, platforms where like he's just pretending to be the ceo and they're like oh what's your relationship with the sneezers and he's like oh i i can't that's confidential you know like yeah wow <laughs> because you know social media it's like once you put it out there 
10,000. I mean, we know what fake news is if we don't know by now, but mm-hmm. it's like, but there, there's like a whole follower to that. And yeah, yeah, that's why like me, I have to balance my social media. Cause I think even like during the pandemic, like, um, I was telling my friend, I was like, I woke up like at 1230 at night when I looked on Instagram and like 10,000 people were like live. And I was like, I don't know which one to tap into. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, it's like too many people. I'm like, well, who's talking about what at two thirty in the morning? And yeah, it can be an overload. And then, like you said, like trying to figure out like what to believe and why should you care? And yeah, it can be a lot. Yeah, totally. I, I will say back to the kind of like the the self care thing. One thing I do really appreciate about the self care movement is it feels to me a little bit healthier than what wellness was like you know, maybe a generation ago, because like I am such just a hater of diet culture and this like slow, this like self-flagellating kind of like, oh, the only way to be good is if you hate yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Like it feels so obvious to me that that was like no one liked that. Yeah, I think there was a time where it was like, if you didn't feel good about yourself, it was because you were overweight. And then like, that was it. Like, that was like the only thing was like, oh, well, just lose weight. Yeah. And it's like, um, it's way more than that. It's way. But yeah, I think now because it's being like the good side of it is because it is being pushed. A lot of free help is out there for people. Um, I know like people of color, they're really pushing, not they, but, you know, pushing self-care because we on our end, you know, going to a therapist was like a bad thing to do growing up. It was like, oh, no, you don't talk to anybody else about your problems. You, you know, you talk to your mom, your dad or a family member. So, yeah, and in a good sense, it is opening up more doors for people to speak to therapists and counselors. But again, I think it kind of starts from like the self-awareness of saying, OK, this is what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, and it does feel like more and more people are getting that self-awareness, right? Yeah, just, like, do that, something that actually feels good for yourself, you know? Yeah, like, like, like that's why, I, like, I push self-care, but I think, like I said, it started with self-awareness of just saying, okay, um, I feel like crap today. Like, I can't do this. Let me see what I can do to help. Because me, like, I love, like, writing in my journal. Um, sometimes watching a cartoon or two kind of helps me just to exit out of my situation and then come back, you know, listening to music. But again, I have a counselor that, you know, sometimes where I can't talk to my mom about it because it might be about her or about my sister. (laughs) I would like, you know, talk to a stranger and just be like, hey, this is how I feel. And honestly, they're not telling me like what to do. They're just saying, here are some, you know, suggestions on how to deal with the situation. But again, it's my choice to make that, you know, to turn that suggestion into like a purpose. So, yeah. Yeah. I think the general trend is good. Like, right. We're trending upward with what is actually probably good for people as opposed to what like consumerism is just saying is good for people. Yeah. Like you said, the whole, you know, oh, you don't feel good. Oh yeah. You're just, you're probably overweight. Take some diet pills. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like starve yeah. yourself for three days, you'll feel better. Yeah, I think we're good thing Yo, that, fuck that. Yeah, <laughs> like what? Like that was trash. Yeah, that is That's trash. Trash. This day is trash. Juice cleanses. Going on the um, was it like the, the cayenne pepper fast? And I was like, are you trying to die? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Wait, what the heck is the cayenne pepper fast? It was like I think like Beyonce started or something because she was, but it was like for a movie role. But it was like cayenne pepper. It's like liquids that you only drink or something like that. I can't remember the whole. Yeah, thing. like you put like cayenne pepper into like juices and the idea is that like cayenne pepper like 
like speeds up your metabolism like it's good for the metabolism and but but you're also like at the same time not having as many calories as you typically would have right and um and again people i was like but this is for a role this isn't your lifestyle like you can't yeah. do that every day yeah i mean some of the shit like keto there's like research to prove that keto is actively bad for your body right like you shouldn't do that i mean literally <laughs> when you hear people talk about it it's like oh yeah this is like what the keto is what your body goes into when it's in when it's starving like you're yeah, in starvation yeah yeah and it's like <laughs> they're like yeah so it'll start, it'll start burning all the stuff that makes you fat <laughs> i'm like bro it's gonna burn you yeah when it just <laughs> come up and i'm like i'm supposed to eat all that meat and then when i'm supposed to do it with my body after that it's just like it's yeah i i i've never put myself in that direction for self-care to be me having like a keto diet Mm-mm, no <laughs> at least one of the things of all the things that we like talk about in terms of like trends over time that's like actually going in a really good direction <laughs> as opposed to our dubious outlook on like politics in the u.s <laughs> yeah that i yeah <laughs> you know but like it, it, it's very like I, I think i've probably said this in the pod before but my my i really love listening to ezra klein and he's constantly like talking about his baby because he just had a baby and, uh, and so he's like constantly saying like yeah I really wish more people would kind of just treat you like a baby. And like, we'd like to think of ourselves as when we're upset or when we're like, you know, not, you know, having a good day or something that it's got to be some kind of sophisticated reason when often it's really just the same kind of baby things of like, oh, it's hungry and sleepy. And like, yeah, you know? I, I think I was watching um, was it AP bio. Yeah, I started watching that, but it was an episode where they kept asking him, like, was he hangry? Because he was, like, hungry and angry, and he got, like, so upset. He was like, what do you mean? Like, I'm fine. They were like, no, you need to eat. Yeah, we like to think of ourselves with these, like, big, sophisticated, you know, creatures that are so complicated, but, you know. Yeah. Which it's is very, hungry. yeah, and I think, like, when, like, it's when you practice self-care, when you really think about it like that, sometimes, like, it's like, when you break down, like, okay, why am I so upset? It could be, like, the smallest reason. It's not, like, something complicated. It's like, oh, well, I woke up late. Like, that small little thing of waking up late, like, offset your whole entire day. And it's like, okay, well, tomorrow, if I'm blessed to wake up, I just set my alarm clock up, you know, like, 10 minutes before. That could be on time. I can have a good day. But, yeah, I think when you do that evaluation of saying, okay, why, you know, why am I not talking to my friend anymore? Let me just break it down. You know, take about 10 minutes, but it's like, oh, okay, it's not me, it's her. Well, okay, that's her problem. And leave it at that. Because <laughs> I had to go through that as well. It's like, you know, you know, I think, I, again, I have like a friendship and I kept figuring out like, why isn't my friend speaking to me anymore? But then when I realized that, I was like, you know, honestly, they do speak to me when they need something. So it's not on my end. Like, I'm not doing anything wrong because they know who to call. So I'm like, okay, that's on their end. And I, I left it alone. And I felt better ever since. <laughs> 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 but yeah, like you said, it's like taking it and just, you know, um, breaking stuff down when you're mad and upset and just saying, okay, what, how did my day start today and going from there? So yeah, small things, like you said, like, like a baby. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool that I think we are starting to really acknowledge societally how difficult that is to have that kind of self-awareness. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Because right. we, like you said, we always wanted to be like something big, like, oh my God, this happened to me today. And it's like, okay, but that only happened again because you woke up late and maybe, you know, tomorrow wake up a little bit earlier and see what happens. So yeah, it's a trial and error <laughs> with things because it's life. 
Well, uh, Rebecca, thanks so much for sitting down with us. Um, really appreciated your perspective. So I, I have two questions for you. One is one that I've been asking to all of our guests um, in quarantine. And then the second one is a special almost a year into quarantine edition question. So the first question is, uh, what have you been doing to stay sane or stay busy during the quarantine? You, you already kind of gave us a little clue of this in the episode, but yeah, why not answer it again? Sure. So I have been, I am a content creator because it's something that I love to do. So when the quarantine first started, um, I think I got home in April and May, I created my website, crownless.com. So I've been working on that. Um, also, I have a pet. I have an animal, um, a dog. So I've been looking at him grow. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like um, like I was saying, well, now, yeah, um, creating content is, is my thing. And I am addicted to medium now. So, yeah. <laughs> I feel like pets are so critical. It's like if you don't have a pet during the, the pandemic, yeah, that's yeah. an L. Yeah, and, and yeah, actually, I had two, and one he got older, so he passed. But even just me being home during that situation, I wouldn't trade that in for the world because I like I knew what was going on with him because I was here. So yeah, it's you need a pet. <laughs> Second question is: Now that we are almost a full year into like some restriction, like some form of quarantine, um, what is the last? dope thing that you did where you were like in a crowd like what was the last time you were out the last time i was out oh my god (laughs) (laughs) i assume that it was about a year ago (laughs) it was it was oh you know what before so i have a best friend that stays like four hours away from me me, but we always like meet like in the middle so i'm in jacksonville (sighs) so we meet in daytona and we had went out to eat and I haven't seen her before then for like four years. So that was like the last thing that I did. It was like go out to eat with my friend and we ate outside, which I guess was, we were preparing for the quarantine. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that was like the last thing I did where I was like actually out with people and we like walk like the, the strip of the mall. But yeah, I think that was like the last thing I did. Yeah. <laughs> I think the last thing, actually I know the last thing I did was I had my hot one's birthday party, Isabel. That was the last big thing that I did. Aww. Wonderful. Um, I'm about to have my first quarantine birthday. I'll be I'll be one of the last. Um, so I'm excited. Sad. What are you going? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Are you doing? What are you doing? Anything? Yeah. So obviously, I uh, can't have a party, but I, my, Rebecca, my my stick with my birthday is that my themes are always like over the top and ridiculous. So I think I think I saw oh yeah I I think Isabel Kristen is the one that showed us this no 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 she she wasn't I saw a um a TikTok where this dude covered his, the island in his kitchen with foil and then made a giant nacho island like covered the whole island in like chips and like cheese sauce and like and like meat and beans so I think I'm gonna do that with my roommates and and just like yeah destroy my stomach for a night <laughs> in a different way yeah i think for my birthday because i was my birthday's in august and i was in quarantine and i think i cooked like my favorite meal and i watched um what did i watch i think i started watching south park for no reason but yeah um, <laughs> which is very um, timely well, but yeah um <laughs> yeah, that, yeah i did that yeah 
All right, Rebecca, so before we get out of here, please uh, let everyone know where they can find your content. Sure. So my um, podcast is called the Crown Talk Podcast. You can find it on all streaming services and also on crownlands.com. Crownlands.com is my website where the podcast will be posted. Also, any new blog posting about self-care and self-awareness is on there. Um, Also, my Instagram is crownlands underscore C-O-M. You can definitely find me there every morning. I do a post. Um, a positivity just to get you through the day because I know mornings can be a rough sometimes you have rough mornings <laughs> cool and uh, as always you can find us at I'm the villain pod that's our Instagram our Twitter and our Gmail otherwise bye <laughs>